the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we come together this morning, still in the season of Denha, still in the season of Denha, a revelation of who Jesus is, we go deeper into this Gospel of John, and it gets much and much deeper as you progress in just... Here we are still in the first chapter of John, right? Last week we heard about the light of the world who comes into the world and is now revealing our darkness to us. Revealing our darkness. And as the light of the world reveals our darkness, one thing we realize is, guess what? We're broken. Guess what? We're sinful. Guess what? We're always in mud. Guess what? We're always dirty. Guess what? We're always just lying around in our own filth of sin, in our own filth of darkness. And there is a brokenness. There is this brokenness. Today, the way the gospel begins is here is John. Here is John the Baptist. And here is John the Apostle who is writing about John the Baptist. And whenever it is that he writes about John the Baptist, we have to pay very close attention to what is John the, what John the Baptist is saying about Jesus. He wants us to view Jesus in the eyes of John the Baptist. So we have to pay very close attention to what it is that John the Baptist says about Jesus. So here is John the Baptist, who the next day is baptizing, and he's with his disciples, and what happens? He sees Jesus walking by, and he says something. Something very curious. Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One thing we, I want us to realize is this. As we get deeper and deeper into the Christian life, we can have many kind of different notions of Jesus. Something that we're paying attention about Jesus, whether it's the way we grew up, whether it's the way we just kind of focus on Jesus in a, in a specific light, whatever it might be, we have a notion of Jesus that's already in our minds that sometimes needs to be, we need to take a step back and we need to reevaluate the way in which we look at Jesus, to think deeper about the way in which we look at Him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Many people misunderstand that. If I were to take a poll as to what this means, right? Behold the Lamb of God. Why are we calling Jesus the Lamb of God? Well, you know, because Jesus was very gentle and innocent like a lamb, really knew no sins, right? And this is what it means that Jesus was innocent, whatever. No, that's not what John the Baptist is getting at. That's not at all what he's getting at. When he comments on Jesus being the Lamb of God, he says, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why does he say that? Why does he say, behold the great therapist who takes away the sins of the world, who hears all of our problems and then tries to solve them? No knocking, I'm not knocking against therapists, right? But I'm saying it goes deep in that. But sometimes we look at Jesus as just this great therapist in the sky who hears all our problems. But it goes deeper. Here is, behold, this great teacher who comes to teach us a new way, who comes to teach us how to live life, who comes to teach us right from wrong, and this is the way he's going to, to, to save the world. No, no. Jesus was a great teacher, but that's not it. Not at all. What John is getting at is this. Back in his day, if we were to travel 2,000 years ago, and we were in Jerusalem, as we walked towards the temple, they would say, you could smell the temple before you approach it. What does that mean? Well, in the temple, what was happening day and night, day and night, over and over and over again? Here are the Jews who are desperately trying to get rid of their sins. 
Desperately trying to figure out a way in which they can heal themselves because they realize that they are broken and they're trying to heal themselves of their sins. And so animals would be sacrificed on the altar day and night. Day and night. And they're praying towards God. So as you walk towards the altar, as you walk towards the temple in the great city of Jerusalem, you could smell it. It smells like animals being killed. It smells like animals being burnt on the altar. Like a constant barbecue. John knew this very well, being the son of a priest, right? Being the son of a priest named Zechariah that we hear about in other Gospels, right? So we know this. So here is, here is the sacrifice that is being done for us. But what does it mean to say that Jesus is the sacrifice? What does that mean to say that? It's strange. It's peculiar. We don't quite understand it. My brothers and sisters, before we go any further, I want us to realize something. One truth, right? A lot of times we go to Mass and we say, oh man, you know, I only go to this Mass because Father Marcus is great, great, the greatest homilies I've ever heard, right? Really, I know you guys are lying. I don't even want to hear myself speak sometimes, right? So here is this, in a certain sense, right? Here is, we go to church for the homily. We think the homily is the central part of the Mass. Not at all. The sacrifice still continues. From the day of Jesus, from the day of the Jews, where the sacrifice is being constantly presented to God, in the form of those animals, right? Now here is the final lamb that John the Baptist is speaking about. That lamb of God who is sinless. That lamb of God who now truly takes away the sin of the world. The center of the mass is not the homily. The center of the mass is what the priest does on the altar. The sacrifice. When he offers Jesus back to the Father. You see what's going on there is now Jesus is working within us. He wants to enter within us. He wants to enter into the dirtiness of the world and to fix us. The central part of the Mass is not the homily, although the homily is very, very important. This is how we learn who Jesus is. But it's the Mass. It's the sacrifice that goes on on the altar. It's what the priest does up there. Let's imagine something, yeah? I want us to imagine our car breaks down in the middle of the road. We don't quite know what to do. And so here is my car, it's broken, not quite sure why it's broken. I call up a friend who's a mechanic, and he tells me, you know, your fuel injector and blah, 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 all of it is, is Greek to me, right? None of it makes sense, your fuel injector is broken, and you got to do this, that, and this, right? So, because he understands how a car works, because he is above the level of a car, he now understands the condition of why my car is broken, I found out something. But is it enough to just find out something? Like, oh, okay, my car's broken. What do I do? I line up 10 more other cars that are broken and maybe they'll be fixed. No, not at all. I go to a mechanic. What does the mechanic do? He understands the situation. He opens the hood. He gets dirty. He gets oil in his face, right? He's willing to undertake that sacrifice to go and fix the car. Maybe he gets under the car. Maybe he gets even more dirty. Maybe he... He really is trying to fix it, but he makes the sacrifice of going into the heart of the problem, going into the car, getting dirty, in order to solve it. Now, when we compare this to what's going on today, what's going on at the Mass, what's going on in John the Baptist's time, it's very much the same. Here is Jesus who makes the sacrifice who is above us and understands why it is that we are broken and comes down into our filth, into the dirtiness of our hearts, into this disgusting part of our hearts that we don't want to reveal, 
into the filth, into the mud. And he gets into it to say that I love you so much, I want to enter into your heart to revive it. I want to enter into your heart to give you life and to give you life to the fullest. I want to enter into your heart in the most sincere way. And the most sincere way is what happens on the sacrifice, what happens at the altar. That now he enters into the dirtiness of our world, even though he didn't have to. He's not sitting up there isolated. He's not sitting up there by, you know, with God the Father and just kind of passing down decrees. But he's saying, no, no, I want to work with my people. I want to enter into the dirtiness. I want to enter into the filth. I want to enter into our hearts because I understand the problem. Because I want you to understand what love is. My brothers and sisters, we need to reflect on this mystery every day. When it is that the disciples of John hear him say for a second time, Behold the Lamb of God, two of his disciples were told, Go and follow Jesus. I imagine that they're shy. As they're following Jesus, they're standing a good way away from him, and they don't want to go up to him completely to understand. They don't want to go up to him to ask him the question directly. But what does Jesus do? He turns around. He notices that two new people are following him. He turns around and he asks them that question. What are you looking for? What is it you're looking for? Jesus meets them halfway. God meets us halfway each and every day. He's already made himself present to you. We just need to meet him. He doesn't leave them searching for who God is and what the meaning of life is, but he approaches them. And as he approaches them, what do you seek? What is it you are looking for? Are you looking for power? Are you looking to argue with me about the law like the scribes and the Pharisees? What is it you are truly looking for? Are you looking for power in your career like these other ones? What, what is it that you want? And he asks us that the same thing each and every day. What are you looking for? Security in life? To make sure that you have enough to go on and to live a comfortable lifestyle, things like that? Not a bad aim, but a very low aim. It doesn't get to the heart of what it is that we're looking for. Is it power in our career? Is it kind of just getting a job just because we want a job to benefit ourselves? Or do we actually want a job to benefit others? It could be good, it could be bad. But still a low aim. What is it you are looking for? There is no true security in life other than what you find in Jesus. Today he asked us, what is it you are looking for? And he gives them that beautiful answer. Come and see. Come see and taste. Taste who Jesus is. One thing I love about this gospel that always strikes me hard is this. He says, and John ends it like this, the time was about four o'clock, the tenth hour of the day. The time was about four o'clock. Such a random fact. But why does John mention that? The time was about four o'clock. Because John says, it was probably John who was one of those two. Those two who went after Jesus. And John says, it was four o'clock on that day that my life changed forever that I met Jesus Christ, that I met God. And my life was forever changed on that day on the road at four o'clock. It's not enough to know Jesus just when we need something. It's not enough to know Jesus just in passing. But what Jesus is asking us today is, what is it that you want? Come and see. Walk with him. Make him a friend of your heart. Walk with him each day, and he will lead you to eternal life. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm.